It's time to have lunch and talk sports. The Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Good afternoon, everybody. It is a dreary, rainy day here in America's greatest college town, Athens, GA. And I appreciate you being with us here this afternoon as we talk some sports and get you ready for some Georgia baseball this weekend and some tech baseball this weekend as the Bulldogs and Yellow Jackets square off first of three tonight. And to all my friends who I love who are texting me already, is it rained out? No. And I don't know. Dave Johnson and I are leaving here, 130, 145. We'll probably get over there, sit around, play a couple of innings, and then they'll rain it out. But I don't know. I had a friend text me about two weeks ago, what time is the Sunday game? Well, in the time that it took to do that, he could have checked it on the Internet. Anyway, just a pet peeve. Uh, We appreciate you being with us here today from America's greatest college town, Athens, GA. Hello in Central Georgia and Macon, Montezuma, Warner Robins, Perry, and Fort Valley. Down south into Pinehurst, Rochelle, Waycross, Blackshear, Eastman, Cochran, Hawkinsville, Tifton, Ashburn, Cordell, and Unadilla. And all our friends on the coast in Savannah, Brunswick, the beautiful Golden Isles, to the 912, the 478, and the 229 from the 706, along with Chris Rogers, our superb producer. My name is Jeff Dantzler. The phone numbers, if you'd like to join us here on this open line Friday, 478 646 3776. That's 478 646 ESPN. Shoot us a tweet at Jeff Dantzler TV and let us know where you're tweeting from. Listeners, and you know the states, we got to add some from Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, New Orleans, the Carolinas, Tennessee, out west, Arizona, California, up north, Vermont, Virginia, Maryland, Chicago, New York City, Boston, Mass. This show, the Bill Shank Show, all of our interviews, simply go to thesuperstations.com. They are easy to download, and as I always emphasize, me being a common idiot with technology, if I can do it, so can you and a big hello going out to my mom listening in in Statesboro, my dad and Patty in Hilton Head, and my uncle Joe in Savannah, and of course Larry, Sharon, Milo, and Ollie. Always waterside, whether it's down in beautiful St. Simons or at beautiful Lake Sinclair. Uh, some news to pass along there. We're going to talk about Georgian Tech baseball, and I thought today would be a good day, as it is March 1st, to start reliving and going through. Georgia's 12-game winning streak on the flats going back to 2001. And Georgia's won 16 of the last 17 at now historic Hyundai Field. And, of course, the lone loss, Al Ford and the infamous call, which, again, if that was a fumble, which it clearly wasn't, it should have been a safety because Tech picked it up and went back in the end zone. And, by the way, that interview that went viral and was great with Paul Johnson there. I don't know about leading into our show here in that uh, Ramblin' Wreck theme song, but that was a great interview with Bill. And what a clown show that followed Paul Johnson. He was a heck of a coach, beat us three times here between the hedges, and it was extra angst because of that offense that he ran. And I know that interview with Bill went terrific. And Bill's great. He does a great job with the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. And I have asked out there, in the Twitterverse as well, if you haven't seen it. And Bill won't be on the air this afternoon. We'll be running ESPN programming. Uh, Bill, like so many of us, is a great animal lover. And his dog, Ricky, passed away this morning. And I'm just heartbroken for Bill and all of Ricky's friends, Lucy and Tommy John. And so what I've asked to do, and we've got a lot of tweets in already, 
is, if you're a fan of the Superstations and Bill, and if you listen, obviously you are, just to shoot in a picture at Bill Shanks, at Jeff Dantzler TV, and I tag my buddy David Johnston with the King Man with Kingsley on there. Just send us a picture of your pets, of your dog, your cats, if you're like my friends Rob and Nancy and Bo and Bell, your, your pig, your donkey, <laughs> your cows, your sheep, your horse, whatever it may be. But we would love to see it and just a way of paying tribute there to Ricky. But just heartbroken for Bill. And uh, Ricky was 11 and a half. And as I told Bill, I texted him this morning, I said, you gave him an incredible life. The only problem with our pets, there's only one thing wrong with them. They don't live long enough. Uh, so just heartbroken there for Mr. Shanks. And I, I'd like to read some of those off if I could. Uh, thank you to the RDU dog for tweeting in. Classic City Dean sending a picture of Duncan Nakobe Dean, who is quite adorable. Thank you very much. And Dave Johnson and I, we love to get tweets with dogs and cats on our Georgia baseball broadcast. Thank you to Dogs on Top. Very adorable. Uh, T.A. Wolfhound asked, does Bulldog Baseball have a bark at the park day? We don't, but I think that's a great idea. Thank you to Steve Shorty with love coming from Woody and Bootsy. Thank you to Kathy Dixon for tweeting in with hers. Lee Bags with Champ, Dally, Pepper Pig, Lottie Dottie, and Skippy. Said Skippy passed away last summer at the age of 12, but sending their love. Thank you to Rambo. And that is indeed a great picture there, Lee Bags. Thank you to Barry. Uh, that is Funnyans. Oh, that's great. Doing her best. Jaden Daniels impersonation after we beat LSU in the 2022 SEC title game. She looks like a little shit too. That's a great shot. Thank you very much, Barry. Smokey Joe Wood, my rotten, rotten friend, loves to go for rides in the Jeep. Uh, the great Eddie from Ackworth with Rosie Gurley. You knew Eddie would have a clever name like that. Uh, thank you to our buddy Chris Welton, who lost his Sweet friend Roman here last year. And the Scuppernog and more ramblings of a fool. But I do think that is a nice tribute if you could do it. And thank you, B-Rat, Richard Lesac, sending in a picture of a very handsome German Shepherd. And to the Fripp Dog with Pretty Penny. Pretty Penny just taking her a little early afternoon nap. Albus is sitting in the den, and Hermie's right here next to me. This is her spot. And on a rainy day like this... It is tough getting them to go out in the rain. So we just went. I had the umbrella. We got up early this morning. I do have an elite Friday morning lunch with some prominent bulldogs, I must say. Uh, so we get up and move a little extra early. Now, my wife's a teacher, so she gets up really early. Uh, but I took Albus and Hermie out around 645, and it started to drizzle. We went on our long walk, and then uh, we went on our late morning walk eh, about 30 minutes ago. Much heavier drizzle, and I think it's just going to do this all day. So here is the question we've been getting. Uh, what's going to happen with the weather, with the rain? And, again, airtime coming up at 540 here on the Superstations when uh, we get through the show right at 1 o'clock. I'm going to brush my teeth and hop in the Jeep Grand Cherokee for my friends at Athens Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram and go pick up the great David Johnson, and we are going to book it to Atlanta around 130 145 nothing like going into the teeth of atlanta traffic on a rainy friday so we'll be doing that and i've just got a feeling 
Obviously, the tarp is going to be on the field, and we are going to be doing lots of sitting around. Hopefully, we can get the thing in. What you don't want to do is start and stop. If there is a rain out, just trying to find a date later in the season to make it up is going to be a challenge. Game two will be tomorrow in Athens at Foley Field. Game three at Cool Ray in Gwinnett. Now, we'll talk about the schedule here for a moment. Next year, things are going to be a little bit different because a lot of the construction being done, phase two with the Foley Field renovations. So, Georgia's probably the first two weeks of the season next year going to be on the road. And with the Tech Series, what that means, we might just play a couple of midweekers. But I think after that, and I chatted with Wiley Ballard yesterday, he does a great job, he's Tech's baseball announcer, that it's going to be a deal where we play three in Athens, then the next year play three at Russ Chandler and keep going back and forth. We do need to make sure we take care of Children's Health Care of Atlanta, the incredible organization, because this is the spring classic for kids at Sunday game. But doing three different venues, it's just a bit much. And I wouldn't be against if the Atlanta Braves – would get on board, play the three-game series early, and then play in, at Truist Park in a midweek game later in the year. But part of the problem, too, this presents is playing, if we do get rained out tonight, well, the weather's going to be okay to play tomorrow. Tech, Tech ain't going to come play a doubleheader at Foley Field. And we're sure not going to play one over there, then hop on a bus, drive, and come over here and play another one. And we're not going to play two on Sunday at Cool Ray, so that presents a serious problem. And if we get, say, in a couple of years where it's just a three-game series here, next year a three-game series there, it's just like for a conference series on the weekend. If you get rain on Friday, you play two on Saturday. If you get rain on Saturday, if it's in the forecast, maybe you try and play two on Friday or you get two in on Sunday, however you want to play it out. But that just presents a huge dilemma. So hopefully we're able to get it in tonight. The weather, it is, I know it's not springtime, although it is March 1st now. So I kind of do the seasons by the months. (laughs) Very technical. Summer to me kind of starts around Memorial Day, and then it runs through September. To me, the fall is October, November, shortest season. Winter is December, January, February. When we get to March, it's spring to me. And I know we, we could get snow in March. We've had snow in March. I never will forget in 1993, I think it was March 13th, we had a blizzard here in Athens. I was in college. And I would imagine the weather we had the last two weekends was so great. We are due for some brutally, brutally cold March days. And today is cold. Today's one of those, and these tend to be the chilliest ones. When I took Albus and Hermie out around 6.30 or so, it was warmer, or should I say less cold, than it was when I left our breakfast this morning at 8.45. just felt like it kept getting colder and colder as the day went on. I also had to go through and get an oil change. They had to shoot up the tires, too. I think just like with the, the change in the temperature, the barometric pressure, tires got lowered there. But, yeah, it's nuts. We talked about this on Wednesday around 4 o'clock, and I'm sure it was even warmer in Macon. It was 76, 77 degrees here, and that squall passed through about 4.30, and the temperature dropped over 20 degrees in less than two hours. 
So hopefully we're able to get it in tonight. As the saying goes, I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, thank you, Keith Hartley, sending in a great picture of Jingles. Jingles in front of a Christmas tree. I wonder if Jingles was a Christmas present. Well, we appreciate it, and thank you for all the well wishes for Sweet Ricky and Team Shanks. We are most appreciative, and I know Bill is as well, because it's a hard thing. Uh, Emily and I, our sweet Tilly, passed away in 2019. It was the day before the Tech game, the day after Thanksgiving, and it was so brutal. And I just remember for the next few weeks until we got Albus, I would just get in the car and drive around because it was so quiet in the house, and I kept waiting on that jingle to come around the corner. So that's a tough thing. So, Mr. Shanks, we're thinking about you, my friend. And just remember, you gave Ricky a great, 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 great life. Uh, thank you to everyone for tweeting us in today at Jeff Dantzler TV. And I'd also like to send out a happy birthday to one of the great Bulldogs of all time, El Capitan, the captain of the 1980 national champion Georgia Bulldogs, the great Frank Ross. And how about two from 80 to 81, 48 and 5? Frank Ross to Knox Culpepper, Rex Robinson to Kevin Butler. Pretty darn cool stuff there. All right, we'll run into a timeout. We'll keep talking some dogs in tech and run through your favorite moments. Tweet me, call me, 478-646-3776. As George will be over on the flats, and I just got to tell you, as a sportscaster who loves and works for the University of Georgia, going over there after we win in football is way better than going over there than when we lose on the gridiron that is miserable and you can bet they'll have the scores and they'll drive that car around and mm, and our booth is in way too close proximity to the <clears throat> common fan base of the yellow jackets and all their coaches and radio calls throw it out the first pitches so 31 23 thank you should have been 38-16. They took that time out away than a fluke turnover. But we got the win, six in a row, 12 straight at historic Grant Field, now Hyundai Field. All right, let's run into a timeout. Back with your calls as we continue on. It is lunchtime in Athens, Georgia, on the Superstation. Taking my language. I love Led Zeppelin. This is my number one. Powerful rock anthem, immigrant song. If I had to give you a top five or six Zeppelin songs, I, I got a perpetual back and forth battle between Zeppelin and the Beatles. REM's the greatest American rock band ever. I go immigrant song, good times, bad times, misty mountain hop, rock and roll, over the hills and far away. If you want to slow it down a little bit, go into California, Ramble On, which to me was their first truly, truly great song. Also love a little Living Loving Made into Heartbreaker, The Ocean, Cashmere, 
Love me some Zeppelin. But that is at the top of the list. And it's also a very popular walk-up song, by the way. Chris Rogers, turn your microphone on. What would your walk-up song be? Uh, let's see. Walk-up. I just totally put you on the spot. Hmm. Didn't I? It's <laughs> yeah. like an attorney. Are you lying now or are you lying then? <laughs> let's see. I would have to say probably... Uh, don't stop believing by Journey. I like it. Either that or only the young by Journey. That's a great song. A Vision Quest. Oh yes, oh yes. Terrific, terrific soundtrack. Most a lot of definitely. Good tunes on that. Most definitely. All right, good job. Don't stop believing. Mole broadcast partner Chris Brame had a good one. He said his would be the theme to curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, looking at the SEC hoop standings. What a race we have. Tennessee and Bama, who square off this weekend. Tennessee's last four games, he had Auburn midweek, all against top 20 teams. I mean, it is unbelievable. We got South Carolina midweek and the Kites. So Tennessee and Bama are both 12 and 3. South Carolina, one back at 11 and 4. Auburn and Florida and Kentucky, all three at 10 and 5. So that is six teams with double-digit SEC wins with three games to go. And what stands out? Now, this is funny, isn't it? Kentucky actually had a four-game losing streak at Rupp Arena, which was their longest, I think, in 80 or 90 years. I think it was the 1930s, maybe. Anyways, they're 12 and four at home, but just the home records of these teams, how important it is to hold serve and how hard it is to break serve. So Tennessee at Thompson Bowling is 14-1. and one. Alabama's 13-1 at the Colbin Coliseum. South Carolina's 13-2 at Colonial Life. Auburn is 13-1 over at the Auburn Arena. And Florida at the old O-Dome is 13-1. So those combined home records are 66-6. and six. That's impressive stuff. They just don't get beat at home. 14 and 1, 13 and 1, 13 and 2, 13 and 1, 13 and 1. 66 and 6 for Tennessee, Alabama, South Carolina, Auburn, and Florida at home. Incredible stuff. Obviously, they're all in seedings to play for. Mississippi State's in. Unless they completely collapse. They're 8-7 and seven in the league. Now, Ole Miss is picked a bad time to have a three-game losing streak. Granted, it's against a brutal schedule. They're 6-9, and nine, so they're on the outside looking in. LSU 7-8 and eight in the league, but 15-13 and 13 overall. Dogs are sitting there at 5-10. and 10. Georgia right now in 11th place, tied with Arkansas. And this dog's team is talented. As I've said, it's a good team in a great league. And, boy, just some of those heartbreakers, Alabama, LSU, Florida, Tennessee. And I know you're not going to get them all. You want to get them all. But, good gosh, if you get two or three of those, let's, let's get greedy and say you get three, then we're eight and seven and on the good side of the bubble. But this team's building the right way and definitely trending in the right direction. Before we talk some Georgia football and great victories on the flats, I wanted to mention, too, we saw 
a great basketball team last night, let me tell you. The LSU Tigers came into the Stegman Coliseum and defeated my Lady Bulldogs. And LSU, with a tremendous performance, all five of their starters are first-team All-American caliber. And they jumped out. Georgia came back and got it to two. LSU went up by as many as 32. Lady Dogs got it down to 13. Then LSU turned it on and wound up winning 80 to 54. But that is a terrific basketball team. They won it all last year. They've got four losses. They lost to Mississippi State at the end of January. But since then, a 7-0 run through February. And in my mind, they're the team to beat. South Carolina beat them earlier this year. LSU was leading for much of the game. South Carolina more physical and deeper. LSU's got the better starting five and is more skilled. I don't know if they're the two best teams in the country. Right now, South Carolina's number one. LSU's just number seven because they lost four games early. But it's one of those deals. Right now, LSU is one of the three or four best teams. It was a lot of fun. And I got to tell you, I was stunned and appreciate, again, the Superstations carrying the game last night. We had a 9 o'clock tip-off and for a regular season game. I never remember that for a Lady Dogs game here in Athens. There were 7,400 fans there. I got to the arena around 7.20, and they open up the gates a little bit over an hour before tip-off, and there was a slew of fans waiting to get in. There were a lot of LSU fans there, too. But that is some kind of show with Kim Mulkey and Angel Reese. That is a great basketball team. And I just thought with that late tip, there's going to be nobody here. But there was a great crowd. A lot of kids there, too. That might have been one of those, like, all right, we'll let you take Friday off from school tomorrow. Or, all right, if you go, you're going to be going on a little sleep. So no Doug and Wendy Weiner in the morning. You got to suck it up, brush your teeth, and get ready for school. But those LSU women, some kind of basketball team. So Georgia Tech in baseball, the mighty Munson, well, we are just waiting on the weather. Let me see what the latest is here. I like to look at this hourly. So our marker seven first pitch scheduled for 6 o'clock. We got a 45% chance of rain and between 160% chance of rain leading up to that. 40% chance at 7, 35% chance at 8. And then here's right here. There's a window. No rain in the forecast again until 11 o'clock when there's a 40% chance. And all that will be through here. And tomorrow will be nice. Probably feel a little cooler just because of all the rain coming through. Sell out at Foley Field on what should be a beautiful day again tomorrow. And it's too bad this weather didn't push through yesterday. Yeah, the high tomorrow in Athens, 63 and cloudy. 69 on Sunday. There's a lot of rain in the forecast next weekend, some of that 50% stuff, but high temps in the 60s and 70s. We're still going to get another cold blast. The weather was just too good the last two weekends. Uh, text Drew Burris with nine home runs. He tied an ACC record with a four-home run game against Georgia State earlier this week. He's a freshman. Charlie Condon for Georgia is the best player in the country. He had three home runs on Wednesday. 
He's got seven on the season. George has played nine games, and he went homerless over the first three weeks of first three games that first weekend. And Charlie's leading the SEC in batting, hits, on base percentage, total bases. He's risen up to the top in home runs, on base, slugging, and batting to lead in all three of those. That's incredible. He is a special talent and has a chance to go down as, and I have, I've got some special feelings for Gordon Beckham and Jeff Kepinger, Rich Poitras, Josh Fields, Will Startup, and then going back to the likes of Derek Lilliquist, J.R. Showalter, Dave Fleming, Brian Jester, Don Perna, and even going way back to Charlie Tripp, Billy Henderson, Spud Chandler. He has a chance to go down as as good as anyone who has ever donned the red and black. So Charlie Goldstein scheduled to pitch tonight, and we're just in a stretch right now, 11 games scheduled over a 13-day period. But it is that time of year. Weather could certainly be a factor, and it's going to be here today. In fact, let me, let me pull up this radar. There's just a bunch of rain all around us. Maybe it'll pass through. But there's a pretty darn big system back behind us. It's right now sitting over Alabama. And I'm just telling you the mighty months. Oh, boy, that is a big system. The mighty Munson would be loving this. This system kind of looks like it is about the size of the country of Spain. A little Iberian Peninsula going there. All right, let's talk. We're talking about Georgia Tech this weekend. Let's talk some college football. Because this is lunchtime in Athens, home of the premier program in college football right now. Back-to-back national championships in 21 and 22. 13-1 Orange Bowl championship season this past year. 42-2 the last three years. Georgia's won 46 of its last 48. Seven straight top 10 national finishes in the Kirby Smart era. Seven straight trips to major bowls. Georgia's won seven consecutive postseason games, including a pair of national championship game victories over Alabama and TCU. And the Bulldogs besting their own record of largest bowl margin of victory, 65-7 over TCU for the national title. And then this past year, 63-3 over Florida State. And I saw some Florida State guys at the Combine talk, so if we'd all played, it would have been different. Well, how do you know that? You quit on your team. You you quit. So you don't get to say that. Oh, if we'd have played. Well, it wasn't like you were hurt or the NCAA said you can't go. You quit on your team and stood around there in a jersey. I, I just don't – we're opting out. That's another word for quit. And by the way, in this NIL era – there's some folks who've given money to the NIL and in Florida State situation being a prime example say we want our damn money back. The deal is you play. I'm going to prepare for the draft to be a professional football player by not playing in a football game. Opting out equals quitting on your team. And a lot of those guys are going to turn out to be excellent pros, of course. I just don't like it, that especially for – well, if we would have played. Maybe we'd have beat you worse. 
Who knows? Maybe it would have been something like 38-10 to 10 or 38-17. But you know what the score was? You can try all the revisionist history you want. Georgia 63, Florida State 3. So to have the gall to sit there and say, wow, would have been different. How do you know? You quit. You didn't do anything about it. Over this seven-year stretch as well, 26-2 and two against Tech, Florida, Auburn, and Tennessee. Georgia has won seven in a row over Auburn, starting with the 2017 SEC championship game. The first of two incredible program-changing vengeance in-season victories for Kirby's Canines. As the dogs had lost to the Tigers in the loveliest village on the plains, 40-17. to 17. Came back and beat Kentucky, beat Tech, then defeated Auburn 28-7 to win the SEC championship and garner a college football playoff berth in the Rose Bowl. Dogs went on, of course, to play for the national title. By the way, if that were to happen again, they'd both be in it. And Alabama would be sitting pretty again. Remember, Bama didn't play in the SEC title game that year. Not all conference championship games are created equal. Georgia's won seven in a row against Tennessee. And over the last 14 years, Georgia's 12-2. and two. Tennessee's two wins. Coach Rick's last season, they came back from a 24-3 deficit. That was a terrible loss. And then the Hail Mary. That was Kirby's first year. Pretty darn close to being 14 in a row. And most of the victories, especially with Kirby in command, have been dominant performances. Two touchdown plus victories. Georgia 6-1 and one against Tech. I'm sorry, 6-1 and one against Florida. Oh, God, I hope I didn't just Freudian my way into a loss coming up. 6-0. and oh, six, uh, Start that up. Chris, cut the tape. 6-1 and one against Florida. The last seven years. The loss in the COVID year 2020. Remember Jordan Davis and Richard LeCount had gotten hurt. And I still contend. And the people, oh, how can you say Los Florida's good? That year Alabama was so good. You know what? If we'd have beaten Florida, we'd have gone to Atlanta and lost to Alabama again. It wound up working out perfect. We had a top 10 finish. Had that great win over Cincinnati. Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt said, we're coming back. And the rest is history. Back-to-back national titles. And hopefully about to be 7-0 against Tech, but 6-0 against Tech. And again, didn't play in the COVID year of 2020. So 6-0 against Tech since 2017. And I just messed up and said 6-1, and and I hope I didn't just jinx that for the Saturday after Thanksgiving this coming fall when Georgia goes for seven in a row. And in my life, I've now seen Georgia I mean, after the early 80s. I'd always said it. My goal, I want to see Georgia win multiple national titles back-to-back. There we go. Check that box. And get a nine-game winning streak over Tech at least to beat the infamous drought. Tech from 49 to 56 won eight straight over Georgia. That's the longest streak in the series. And there's just a part of me that has had a hard time believing it would ever happen. Georgia had won seven straight from 91 to 97. Then in 1998, had a 19-7 lead. Tech came back. 
There was no replay. Joe Hamilton fumbled and Georgia recovered, but they said he was down. Tech kicked the game winner. We got cheated. In 1999, Georgia was down, rallied back. I thought Tech was going to let Georgia score a la the Packers against the Broncos in the 98 Super Bowl. Jasper Sanks running up the middle. It was ruled a fumble. He was clearly down. And even if it was a fumble, Tech picked it up and went back in the end zone. It should have been a safety. Dogs lost in overtime. It was a freaky block field goal play, too. It's kind of in that no-man's land area. It didn't go straight back, and it didn't go far enough ahead. And Tech recovered. Ugh. That was brutal. And Tech smoked us the next year in 2000. And after that, 19-3 and three against the Jackets with the three losses coming between the hedges. But anyway, back to the streaks. Georgia starting in 01. Coach Rick's first year won seven in a row. We're leading Tech. 28-12 at the half. Lost 45-42. So twice had seven game winning streaks at home in 1998 and 2008. Trying to make it eight straight to equal the longest streak in the series. Blew double-digit leads both times and lost. Will it ever happen? Well, if there's a coach that's going to make it happen, it would be Coach King Kirby Smart. He was a senior on that aforementioned 1998 team. His final game as a player between the hedges. So six straight over Tech. Even if we don't get there, and this would be little solace, because, oh, loose Tech can't put up a Christmas tree. The 12 straight victories at historic Grant Field, that has been mighty sweet. And you go back to that 2001 season, Coach Rick's first year, Georgia wins over there 31-17. Billy Bennett kicked six field goals. Our clock management was not very good at the end of the half. We kept piling on, though, and Ferron Haynes had a great game. Then Tim Wansley had a pick six. Probably should have scored in the 40s, but we won. Then in 2003, went over and beat them 34-17. 2004, that was a nail-biter in Athens, the terrible weather. Beat them 19-13. 2005, Tim Jennings with the interception as Reggie Ball's legacy continued, 14-7 Georgia. In 06, great come from behind win, 15-12. Muhammad Massacre caught the game winner. I'm supposed to just be going through the wins at Grant Field, but I digress. So, yeah, 01-31-17, 03 04-17, 05-14-7, and 07-7. That was a crazy game. Georgia won 31-17. Thomas Brown had a long run down the right side, kind of the knockout blow. In 2009, beat him 30-24. That was Caleb King and Woshan Ely running wild. We were having a bad year. Tech was heavily favored. Tech, I believe, was 10-1 and one going into that. When we were 7-4. and four. We had just lost to Kentucky. But we found a way. 2011, again, it was 31-17, a frequent score. I was in Las Vegas with the Lady Dogs for that one. Very nervous. 2013, that would look bleak, but Georgia won 41-34 in overtime. We were down 20 to nothing. And I can remember, well, Tech scored, then we scored, and three runs by Todd Gurley. Then Gurley scored first play, then Tech got down in there. And in Tech's press box, which is ancient, the visiting coach's booth is in a separate little booth on that top level. You go up these stairs, and it's over to the right. 
And when we play over there, I sit in a little cubby hole. But anyways, Mike Bobo, love Mike. He's our OC then, of course, his back is our OC. He was just sitting there with his back to the field on the stairs, and I was watching what was happening and was just kind of relaying it, and it was fourth down. And you might remember the ball was tipped. It was up in the air. And this was right after the prayer at Jordan-Hare. And, my goodness, we knocked it down. And fist clenched in joy. Big hug. Great victory. Great comeback. I thought Tech had us in that one. In 2015, 13-7 Georgia. And then the Kirby route began. 38-7 in 2017 in route to the SEC title. 52-7 with us playing our worst quarter of the season in the second quarter in 2019. It's a memorable day, as I said earlier. We lost our sweet Tilly the day before that. 2021, 45-0 for the national champions. And then this past year, 31-23, Tech played great and obviously showing that they are trending in the right direction in the Brent Key era. Of all those wins, a 45 nothing was probably my favorite. Just the nerves going in. At least this last time over there, we had won the back-to-back national titles. We were sitting there at number one. And I'm thinking, don't let 1927 happen. Georgia was undefeated, ranked number one, and Tech beat Georgia. One of the worst losses in program history. Now, granted, it was almost 100 years ago, but that was always one. I just remember reading a story. Coach Dooley, before the 1980 Tech game in Athens, we were 10-0, number one. He brought in one of the last living members of that 27 team to talk to the eventual national champion Bulldogs, and that man told that team, don't let them do to you what they did to us. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about and regret that game. And Bulldog fans, There might be other teams you enjoy beating more, but there is no team where it hurts worse than losing to the eternal, infernal enemy. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, Thank you to Bobby Whitaker for saying hello. Thank you to the Nashville dog, Bella, our fuzzy knucklehead in second rescue and I love those eyeglasses there. Uh, thank you to J-Rad. J-Rad has got Bradley sleeping with his mama, Georgia. Oh, and thank you, J-Rad. And you were right. My condolences to you and your wife, and God bless. Uh, thank you, Jody Clark, with Bella and Matilda sending love. So uh, hopefully when Bill Shanks checks his... Checks his Twitter there. This is going to bring a smile to his face. Let's see, I put up a couple of things, as the mighty Munson would say, on the book face. I got a I got a bunch of apps, probably too many apps on here. Oh, by the way, just uh, and not you know yellow color tech, but whatever. I love baseball uniforms. The A's, because Alex Wood, who's an ace for Georgia, is a great guy. He's had a terrific major league career. Alex is pitching for the A's now. And they've got these new uniform, a new look where they've got green jerseys and the yellow caps with a green A apostrophe S on it. They look pretty sweet. It's a good-looking uniform. And I've always liked the A's uniforms because they were more colorful. Thank you to 
Mary Ann Werner and Mary Castranis and Laura Tamra for tweeting in with pictures of their doggies and kitties as well. We greatly appreciate it. And I know Bill will as well. Uh, so this afternoon, we have got ESPN programming coming up. And then at 540, pregame action, Georgia baseball taking on the Jackets over on the flats. Our marker seven first pitch is scheduled for just after 6 o'clock. But we shall see. We're all doing a rain dance here. Dave Johnson and I are about to jump in the Jeep Grand Cherokee in about an hour and head southwest, 316 to 85, right into the teeth of some of the worst traffic in America. All right, thank you very much, Chris Rogers, for all of your great work today. My name's Jeff Dancer. We'll have the five coming up on the other side right here on the Superstations. <laughs> Peppers for it there. Is that Californication? No, it's uh, snow. Okay. So they had a little stretch where some of those sounded a shade similar. That's all right. Good stuff, Chris. Uh, let's run through the schedule, and then we'll do the five. Okay. Uh, so today is Friday. Tonight we got Georgia baseball dogs at Tick. Six o'clock first pitch. Pre-game begins at 5.40. Uh, Brave spring training tomorrow at the Blue Jays. Uh, Georgia basketball against Texas A&M at 5.35. Georgia baseball uh, will be hosting Tech tomorrow at 2. And again, if they don't play tonight, we're not playing a doubleheader. On Sunday, uh, Georgia baseball playing Tech at Cool Ray, and Dave Johnson will have that one solo. I'll be with the Lady Dogs at Vandy. Here on the Superstations, you'll hear that on tape delay following Brave Spring Training against the Phillies. And then Monday night, Bulldogs Live, I'll be hosting the second hour, and my guest will be, I have no idea. I have to figure that out later today. Uh, so let's do the five, just five things to keep an eye on this weekend. First up, especially for me, Georgia Bulldogs baseball. Dogs and jackets in the first of three scheduled for tonight. Again, we do the rain dance. Hopefully we get all three of these bad boys in this weekend. Tomorrow and Sunday look fine with the weather. Uh, tonight's going to be a little bit shaky and really no way to play a doubleheader over the next two days on Saturday or Sunday with the games at three different sites. So this is going to probably be the, the final year of this format. But looking forward to that and heading over to the flats. We'll be jumping in the Jeep Grand Cherokee here in about a half hour or so. Uh, you got Georgia basketball, men tangle with Texas A&M, the Lady Dogs at Vandy. That'll be the final game of the regular season for the women. The SEC tournament begins on Wednesday. Lady Dogs will be playing on day one, hopefully, as the 12 or 13 seed, which means we'll tip off at 11 o'clock, which means – I might be preempting my own show. Man, how about that? So that's Wednesday. Uh, and I mentioned the Georgia men will take Stadium final week of the regular season for the guys is next week. And their tournament's always a week later for the men. Uh, you got a couple of huge SEC showdowns, top 20 versus top 20. Tennessee at Alabama, winner, that one, winner of that one, driver's seat for the SEC championship. And Bama at home, you'd certainly lean that way. You've got Florida 
visiting South Carolina. Again, two top 20 teams. South Carolina really good at home. And then finally, I know this is in the Big 12. Well, for at least one more year, it'll be a Big 12 game. Well, this will be the last year. It'll be a Big 12 game. You know what I'm saying. Houston is at Oklahoma. Kelvin Sampson. He's been at OU, been at Indiana. Some run-ins with the NCAA for text messaging, yada, yada. Returning to Norman with the number one ranked Houston Cougars. And they are some kind of team. They're kind of in their third run, late 60s with the great Elvin Hayes. They had back-to-back Final Four trips. Remember, they broke UCLA's long winning streak. That first monster game played in a dome at the Houston Astrodome. There's a pretty cool picture of that from up top. You know, they, they hadn't figured out the logistics in because, again, it was just the first one. But they just put the court in the middle of the dome, and it was a mile away from anyone. And then, of course, they had the three straight Final Fours with five slam and jamma. And I still say for me, I, I think for any college or pro team, a team over a three-year run that didn't win its championship, I think that's the best one. They lost back-to-back championship games in 83 and 84. They were better than NC State, but NC State was better that night. In Albuquerque, New Mexico, Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde the Glide Drexler. And now they've returned to glory, went to the Final Four again a couple of years ago, and they might be the best team in the country. Although I will say, I think Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, the SEC is loaded. And, of course, never, ever, 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 can out them Kates from Kentucky. So that is the five. Hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. And if you're a Georgia Bulldogs fan, keep your fingers crossed for the big series with the Dogs and Tech. Definitely some star power with Charlie Condon and Drew Burris going at it. And it's the first Georgia versus Tech series for the Bulldogs' new head coach, Wes Johnson. Love Coach Johnson. Hey, I've been fortunate every coach I've worked with at Georgia uh, on the baseball side, has been just terrific. Love Coach Strickland, Coach Perno, Coach Polk, and Coach Sapp, and uh, love Wes Johnson. And looking forward to many, many great years ahead, and hopefully a great weekend, and hopefully we get to play ball and get nine innings in tonight, and Dave and I don't freeze to death. So I'll be talking to you again right down these very airwaves, right down the line, as Jerry Rafferty sang, beginning at 540 with pregame activities. Our marker seven first pitch just after 6 o'clock. Chris Rogers, great job as always, young man. Talk to you Monday and talk to you later today with Georgia Baseball. Thanks for listening. Happy Friday from the Superstations.